Okay. Not allowed to sit near each other. Back, back Don't off. be close. Back off. And sit back. Stiff. Stiff. Unemotional. Yeah. Great. Mean. This is Star Wars Fan Sites Roundtable with Kyle and Denise. Let's let them in. <laughs> I feel like I'm, you know. Hello, everyone. Uh, full house in here, so please keep your mics muted unless you're asking a question. That also includes while talent is answering the question. And first, we're going to kick it off with Brandon. You can take the first question. Thank you so much. Um, hi, Brandon Wainerty from Talking Bay 94. Um, Kyle and Denise, I would love to delve in a little bit into both of these characters because they're obviously villains in star wars but i don't think that they view themselves as the villains of their own story how did you craft that character in your own mind as you went through it and how did you really make sure that was coming across on screen well tony crafted a like pretty well-rounded three-dimensional characters first off and so that made it kind of easy to understand that you know we're not in a world of star wars where it's you know goodies and baddies it's uh it's kind of a deeper um exploration of you know the light and shade in everyone and therefore it's holding a mirror up to anyone watching you know there but for the grace of whatever you believe in who knows if you were in dedra's situation maybe you'd do exactly the same thing I mean, who wouldn't torture a few people to get to where they need to get to? <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like Dedra thinks she's the hero of every story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I certainly think Cyril believes he's the hero of his own journey. I remember speaking to Tony at the very beginning when he was fleshing out the arc of the character, and he was like, I don't really know where he ends up, you know? I mean, is he good? Is he bad? I, I don't know. And, and so I decided to take that kind of conflict that gray area which exists all throughout andor and exists really in in cassian actually which yeah. was you know beautifully presented in in row one it's a really human condition to question the entire time is this the right thing i should be doing mm -hmm. and cyril really comes from a place of lack and of hunger to strive and be recognized and to have power and station and some form of identity that he can find within this political structure of fascism, basically. And, and that makes you like really ripe for that sort of yeah. that fascist thinking, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, because it's, it's so black and white. If you do this, you will have power. Yeah. If you get this guy, you there will have- There is no have... gray. Exactly. exactly. So yeah. for people who exist on both spectrums to move into that world where there is no gray, it's dangerous because mm. their own shades are all taken out and you just become quite viciously ruthless. Yeah. Ruthless, exactly. Yeah. And James, you can take the next question. Wow, he was cut pretty quickly. Thank you very much for taking time to talk to us. Uh, I wanted to know, uh, bearing in mind that both of you are looking after the security, albeit in slightly different ways, and whether you were able to learn something from each other's characters. Oh God, I think we found in it, well, I can only speak for myself, but when I met uh, Kyle's character, when I met Cyril as Dedra, I was like, oh, this makes total sense. Yeah. You know, we had this thing happen too, where in my fitting for my costume, I, I put the uniform on and I was like, yeah, it's great, of course, but I need it tailored and fitted and it needs to be really perfect. And, 
And the costume designer said that's hilarious because that's what Cyril needed too. So it was really clear that they're both like super meticulous and tidy and clean and they want everything perfect. And yeah. that's why, you know, they sort of. They're like imperial, imperial twin flames. And Definitely. They like totally find and see each other within the other. Yeah. And it's like a love story. <laughs> <laughs> like an evil love story. And I think I think you know from Cyril's perspective, he 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 has an interesting journey where um, he starts out quite high, and then he experiences a loss, and he he regains strength through finding Dedra, and so that's yeah. And Dedra starts at the opposite, so I'm yeah. like at the bottom of the of the 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 ladder, you know, and I'm faced with the kind of ineptitude of so many of the men that I'm working for and with. And then she slowly through her own kind of determination and her kind of attention to detail, she rises up at the time when he's going down. So it's like mm. they meet just in this perfect storm of like each of them needing each other at exactly the right time. Mm. Dedra is less sort of um open to it initially you know she doesn't want to share this stuff with anyone but then once it's really clear that he's useful um, persuasively evil yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they live happily ever after it's kind of simple <laughs> and then either charlotte or caitlin from the sky talkers podcast you can take the next question yeah, today oh there we oh. are go ahead Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay, perfect. Sorry. I'm Caitlin from Skytalkers. So nice to meet you guys. Um, Hi, Caitlin. In Rogue One, we heard that rebellions are built on hope. What do you think the Empire is built on during this period? Ooh, that's such a good question. Wow. Ambition. Yeah. No, that's not right, though. If a rebellion is built on hope, an empire is built on... It's the opposite of hope. Yeah. <laughs> Fear and anger. Fear, yeah. <laughs> What's what Yoda says, isn't it? Fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Yeah, like the empire is built on, like, resentment. Yeah, power, domination, you know? Yeah. They're, 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 they're looking to spread their tentacles as far as they can. And, um, and that's the really interesting thing about developing this backstory of Cassian is you find that we're getting into a new area of Star Wars into the outer reaches where there's not much Imperial influence. And then, spoiler alert, <laughs> here they come. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. And Alex, you can pick the next one. Hi, this is Alex from Star Wars Explained. Thank you both for doing this this morning. Uh, Thanks, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. I've been very interested and intrigued by your character and the group that he's part of. Uh, can you shed some light on that organization, the people in the blue uniforms, and uh, how did they connect with the Empire and uh, Dedra's character? Yeah, well, Dedra uh, exists in an entirely different framework of the Imperial structure. And um, Cyril is at the beginning of and or he's on the outer reaches of the kind of Star Wars galaxy in a kind of overlooked star system. 
And it's very much a kind of corporate bureaucratic structure system. And he's part of the kind of law system that's kind of operating within that system. And um, have I said system enough already? Or I like, say it one more would time. like you to say it again. Okay, I'll, I'll fill it in. Um, and so, <laughs> so as he's trying to rise through the ranks of, of the system. that system, um, he, um, he winds up uh making some really huge mistakes by going behind the back of his superior officers who are really quite lax and feel like you know you know the rebels aren't really anything to worry about you know this is just some kind of like little tiff and we don't really want to cause any trouble with um the empire the imperial agencies coming in so why don't you just like sit tight and that's exactly what Cyril wants. He wants more order, more structure, more imperial presence. He's like a rebel within that system. Yeah, yeah. In order to get himself to the place of the ISB, which is where Dedra exists. And that would be kind of like, you know, the SS of the kind of yeah. Star Wars universe, which is like very selective, very intense yeah hugely. <laughs> very tidy yeah very tidy very, very tidy, clean very clean yeah. very yeah. tidy and then either gustavo or mariana with triad of the force you can take the next question hi kyle hi denise gustavo and mariana hi. from triad of the force how's it hey, going gustavo. Uh, thank you so much for joining us really looking forward to your performances and andor our question is tied more into like real world so we've talked a lot about moral ambiguity like in all of the heroes that we've seen especially after rogue one and seeing you know cassian and some of the dark things that he's done for the rebellion and all that good stuff right that's supposed to come out of it but our question is about how the moral ambiguity also comes in from that dark side and the imperial side and how that ties into the response in real world politics that we've seen because we've seen that this show specifically is tied to what's happening in the current state of politics without naming anything right so how has the real world kind of influence how your portrayal and moral ambiguity as villains or antagonists in the show has mm -hmm. led to your performance it's funny because george lucas said that all the star wars uh, especially in the early days it was all political it's always political even works of fiction can reflect back what's happening societally and i think the more I think about uh, certainly Dedra and the position that she's in, this sort of addiction to power and a certain level of fame and uh, what that can do to a soul, you know? So a person who starts out um, with all of these talents, because there's no doubt that these people that we're playing are incredibly talented and intelligent and if put to use in a in something more wholesome they mm. probably do really well but mm. they exist within this you know fascist re regime so they apply their talents and their sort of addictions to needing to be seen within this structure and certainly dedra as a woman in this man's world you know she wants to rise to the top of that structure um so Unfortunately, they make these sort of poisonous decisions, but they come from a place of, you know, first of all, from a place of lack. So they're looking for their identities, I guess. And I think that that is happening in our current climate and has happened throughout history. It's just now in our current climate, we have, you know, social media and the ability to get seen and heard in ways that maybe we didn't when the very first Star Wars happened. But 
yeah, we're moving through the times, aren't we? And this is a very human exploration, a work of fiction for sure, but you know, it's going to resonate in many ways. It's no, it's, you know, it's no surprise that it's resonated for almost 50 years, yeah. right? Because it's dealing with us and them, the people that have, the people that don't, the people yeah. that are in power, the people that have less power. And those that exist on the outer edges, Cassian, you know, all of the characters that Tony has developed within Andor are all in a way outsiders trying to mm. find their place, trying to become part of mm. something, of a movement, mm. of a and cause. All, and yeah, and they're staging their own rebellions within the things, right? Exactly. So we're in like the structure of the ISB and the and the empire, but within that, we're rebelling. I'm rebelling against the idea that, you know someone like Cassian Andor is to be ignored you so she's staging a rebellion within the empire structure and so is is Cyril for sure mm. so there's like many rebellions going on within the big rebellion that you think is just about good and evil it's like yeah but within that there's all these colors too and I think that's what makes kind of long-form episodic shows like this that are able to explore all of that so interesting and so exciting certainly to work on anyway mm. Mm. and then sarah or richard with skywalking through neverland you can take the next question bright suns you two whoa hey. hello hey Hi. we are oh, richard God, there's so much going on here there's that c3po in the background well oh done. my god that's yoda <laughs> <laughs> that's like a where's waldo <laughs> oh jesus I'm going to be in there next year. There's going to be a Dedra in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe, maybe there already is. is. <laughs> we we have from the skywalking through a Neverland system. Got to get that one worked in there. System. Yeah, good, good. After just seeing the first four episodes, your your characters are so well defined. Did you model your characters after either someone in the Star Wars universe or in history or from another film? No, I I think we both just took what was on the page and we had um, really good connection with Tony Gilroy who you know came up with the first few scripts and then had arcs mm -hmm. for our character and we really fleshed it out with him and I think I think you know if you know about Star Wars if you've ever seen it you know the ghosts of those other characters probably always live within the walls of the sets and everything mm -hmm. and, and in the pages but but what Tony really created was something new and mm -hmm. fresh and these these really conflicted villains who yeah. you know are existing in a gray area trying to find their way and yeah. and so i think they were totally unique but gus fring from breaking bad is always oh, yeah, like yeah, my yeah. favorite i don't know there's just something about his meticulousness and his his sort of complete detachment and yet his ability to kind of perform in the real world like you see him in you know the chicken place and talking to normal people and then you see him go and prepare to murder someone and so there's there was something very satisfying about a character like Gus Fring for me as Dedra. He definitely fit into our squad. I definitely yeah. think so so I think I wouldn't I don't kind of I don't base Dedra on him but he's in the tribe of villains that yeah for sure that's somebody we would invite in to our home <laughs> yeah. that we live in together now in you know Disney villain yeah. world yeah and Ben Mendelsohn in Rogue One yeah yeah he's got to come always <laughs> dead there oh. everyone's dead sorry guys Disney are brutal and Dan you can take the next one 
Uh, thanks so much. Uh, in both of your performances, how do you balance the science fiction of the Star Wars universe with the tone and realism of Andor? Well, Tony Gilroy did that reading. Yeah, like we've yeah. both spoken at length about how when you read, when I read these, certainly the initial three scripts that I was sent, and I'm not, Dedra wasn't in any of them. All I was reading was like a new piece of writing, like a thriller, spy, love story, uh, rebellion story that then happens to be in the Star Wars universe. I, I didn't, I certainly didn't read it from... And I worried about before I uh, before I agreed to to do or to kind of pursue the the role. I I wanted to read the script so that I would be able to relate because I'm I I'm a, a theater actress and who mostly any screen work I do is all very emotional, very human, very based in the real world. And I thought maybe I'm not cut out for that the world of Star Wars. And then and then I got sent these scripts and I was like, oh, this is not this is not a space show. This is like a human show that happens to be in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, and I think that's unbelievably clever what Tony Definitely. accomplished because he's he's gonna give diehard fans exactly what they're looking for, yeah. but he's also gonna probably bring in a whole group of people who haven't been Star Wars fans yeah. because they can connect with this socio-political human drama story that is also a thriller and a spy For thing. Sure. And, and it's, it's something that, you know, I mean, me, I'll watch it. I've never watched Star Wars, exactly. but I'll watch this. If you one. can get her, <laughs> you know, you're doing something right. So, so Star Wars, <laughs> and Keith, me you over. can take the next question. <laughs> so, uh, hi. I'm Keith Yard from um, Father Sun Galaxy Star Wars podcast. <clears throat> What's up, Keith? So, oh my God, oh. Keith! Hello. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hi. Sorry, I'm really excited to meet you, Keith. You're the youngest really? person we've had. Yeah, because yeah. you're the youngest person we've had, and we've been saying through this whole junket, we've been saying the thing that we love about being in Star Wars is that a really young person can speak to a really old person. About like the same older thing. Than us, yeah. but about the same thing and be as excited. And now you're proving our point. Yes. yes. Oh my God. This is so yes. exciting. Okay. Ask us anything. We will give you every I'll spoiler. Give you all the answers. We will yeah. tell you everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I only have a spoiler related question. I wanted to ask, like, where were your scenes as a Dedra Zero filmed and why is shooting on location so important to the storytelling? Wow, what a great hey, question. Oh my God. So uh, we shot in Pinewood Studios in London and Dedra, because it's quite, um, uh, it's mostly in the ISB. So it's very, it was in a studio, but obviously built. And then I had one day where I shot in this village, this town that was built by the art department and the design department that was so um, it made it so beautiful to act in because you didn't have to pretend like I thought that the whole thing was going to be green screen and then I would be pretending to talk to people and and instead we had this whole playground to play in like it was for me it it's it's not that it has to be that way but I do think that it's better for actors to work on the real thing you know yeah absolutely know. and it also it it pays homage to the original films you know and they were building all those sets you know they didn't have a lot of cgi yeah. and 
we were afforded that because of when we were filming it during the pandemic. And it just, it gives it an extra level of authenticity and makes you feel like you're really there. Yeah. And all the drawers have stuff in it and yeah. all the cupboards have things in it. And yeah. like- There was like a sushi bar that, well, it seemed like a sushi bar, but in space and like all these bowls of food. And I thought, well, there won't be anything in them. And then I went over and there was like blue noodles and like little insects that we were, it was just- yeah, you would have really liked it's it. It's the I most reckon. incredible thing. Yeah. Yeah. Kids should be allowed to go and like play on yeah, that after we're yeah. done. Yeah. How old are you? I'm actually 10, right? My 11th birthday soon. Wow. Awesome. Happy 11th birthday. Good for you. Happy birthday, man. Person. I want to take a picture. Are we allowed to take a picture? No. <laughs> all right uh so let's cut that is all the time we have for today journalists i will save you